Welcome to this episode of Alive and Thriving. I have a very special guest joining me today, a guest who has not only built a wildly successful business, but has also been a vocal advocate for raising awareness about endometriosis. Endometriosis affects millions of women worldwide, and our guest today has had firsthand experience with this debilitating condition. Now, as you will hear, despite facing numerous challenges related to endometriosis and numerous challenges related to business, she has persevered and built a thriving business. Her journey is not only inspiring, but it also highlights the importance of health and well-being as a woman in business. So without further ado, I know you are dying to know who is coming on the episode today. Let me introduce you to Emma Williams. Emma is a Perth-based mum of three and sole founder of Max Marketing, formerly Socially M. Max Marketing is an award-winning marketing agency dedicated to empowering entrepreneurs. Emma has delivered 28 sold-out national SIP and social events with Australia's leading influencers and business owners and has contributed to the success of thousands of small businesses. You're listening to Alive and Thriving with Jessica Reed, the podcast that's all about empowering you to achieve optimal wellness and success through self-care, holistic practices, and raw conversations. Jessica and her expert guests are here to share powerful insights and strategies to help you overcome stress and anxiety, take charge of your life, and thrive in life and in business. Grab a cuppa and let's dive in. So Emma, welcome to Alive and Thriving. It is an absolute honor to have you here with us today. How are you? How's it going? Thanks, Jess. I know it's it's a pleasure to be here. It's freezing at the moment, but is it? You're in Western Australia. Yeah, yeah. I'm in uh, Mandra, which is an hour on the coast of Perth. Um, but we're just starting to feel winter. <laughs> oh, I can relate. I'm in Canberra and we've just started to get some frosty mornings here as well. But my best friend moved to Perth actually oh, a bit over 12 months ago. Um, feels like the other side of the world <laughs> when you have someone you love over there. <laughs> it literally is. Yeah. It's easier to go international than it is to go interstate. <laughs> wow. My goodness. Uh, look, Emma, I am so excited to dive into our conversation today. Um, I feel like listeners are just going to get so much out of what you have to share. Uh, look, I've done a formal introduction, but I would love for you to just let us know beneath socially M, beneath Max Marketing, who is Emma Williams? <laughs> you know what, Jess? I actually really love this question because this is something is the first question that I open up on like retreats and intimate events is is who are you without the labels? You know, take away mum, take away wife, take away all of that. Who really are you? And I, I kid you not every time I ask this question and it's the most basic question, right? But every woman is stumped to answer it. Yep. And then as she's answering it, every person 
starts to cry because they start to realize exactly what's going on in their life. So it's a, it's, it's a question that I actually really love. Um, obviously, I am a mother of three. Um, I have a 13, 10 and 8-year-old, had to think then. Yeah. Um, I had kids at a very young age. So um, I am 33 and started having kids at 20. So my life started, I feel like, forever ago. <laughs> Um, and I'm also a FIFO wife. So my husband works away. He's had the best part of a year off at the moment, um, to support my dreams and and help me. Well, my company was already successful and built. Um, however, I just really needed to, when we changed from socially on to max, I really needed to be knee deep in that. And so we were like, okay, you've spent the best part of 10 years working away and not really seeing the children grow up. You know, he worked in Africa for like a seven months at a time. Like he's worked long periods. So we were like, okay, let's take a year off and, and um, you be the stay at home dad so I can focus on the, on, on the business. So yeah, wife and mum. I'm someone that has also just gone through a recent self discovery of going, hell I matter um, mm-hmm. because I have put, my kids, my husband, my business before anything, uh, before me, I was the bottom of the list. You know, I would go till three, four o'clock not eating. And then I would binge and, um, not do any exercise. I was lucky to walk a thousand steps a day. So over the past sort of six, seven months, I've really found myself again. And I know it might sound ridiculous, but, um, I lost who Emma was Mm. and I hated who Emma was, um, because it was, wasn't Emma. And so I have spent the best part of six, seven months losing 16 kilos, which was, it literally goes to show you that was how much I didn't care about myself anymore. Mm. Um, nurturing my body and making sure I do 10,000 steps a day, even if it means walking around my kitchen (laughs) island bench, which I did the other day. Um, but you, (laughs) Yes, well, so I've got to the mentality of like, right, I'm sitting down and I'm, I've got to work. Like, I'm not going to get mm. up for a walk when I've got stuff to do, right? Yeah. But no, going for that walk sets your mental state yeah. in such a better space that you then work better. So, yeah, I am a woman that's just like every other woman out there that um, prioritizes everybody else above themselves. Yeah. Um, Mum, wife business owner and um a newfound person <laughs> I love I love that you shared that part of your journey because it is so relatable um and I know in my world so I work in alternative therapies and I work a lot with one-on-one clients who are experiencing you know anxiety burnout um you know really big emotional challenges and it is such a common thing that I hear is that I have lost myself. I just don't know who I am. Who am I outside of being a mom, outside of my business, outside of these ridiculous hours that I'm working? And you do, you lose that connection with yourself and then it can become that like, well, do I even like who I am? Like, what what has happened? How did this happen? Um, So I love that journey of self-awareness and that journey of starting to prioritize your mental and emotional well-being because- I mean, as I'm sure you can attest to, like, if you don't have that, you know, yeah, like how nothing else, nothing else can flow in the way that it is meant to, in the way that it is meant to, and in a way that is going to really serve your purpose. But thank you for sharing that because it's so important for people to hear that 
I'm going to say on the outside, you have created this amazing powerhouse heart-led business, you know, that looks phenomenal. And it's so, I guess, for somebody else in business to hear that you are just, you're a normal person. You're you're a normal person who's created this phenomenal thing, but you're a woman, a mom, just like us with our own challenges. It's yeah. That's one thing I really like to share on socials is that I, you know, I will tell you if I'm having a terrible day (laughs) or if this is happening or I will take you along a part along that process because I do feel like we jump on social media to escape reality. Mm. Um, you know, whether that be 10 minutes in the toilet to to be away from the kids. And and the first thing we do as a human is to pick up that phone. Yeah. Um, when you're bored, you pick up that phone. When you've yeah. got 10 minutes, you pick up that phone. And then you're literally watching other people's lives play out because what do we go on social media for? To sticky mm. beak, right? And when you are seeing story after story after story of other people traveling or eating this or doing this, what does that create for you? What does mm-hmm. that do to you? You know? And so I don't even know where I was going with that. But <laughs> <laughs> but showing up as real, showing up as showing being up. a real person. Yeah. Yes. And when you actually share, like I find when I share something, people like, like I actually shared the other day, I was like, I hate school holidays. Yes, that's <laughs> It's a controversial topic, but my kids hate it. I hate it. Like they, they want to be with their friends. They, they need that mental stimulation. Um, And I just can't deal with three hormonal girls. (laughs) It's it's a lot. (laughs) And, and so many parents are like, thank you for saying that because other school mums are like, oh no, we love it. We do this, we do this. I'm like, yeah, but what about the working mums? You know, we don't get to go uh, have a holiday. Like we we have to work and survive. Absolutely. Yeah, like it's it's I think sharing the vulnerability to and and to relate to people is mm. something that's not often shared on there. And yeah. I, I'm not the pretty picture, I'm not the perfect picture. You know, last year there was a massive dark cloud over the top of me because, mm. you know, like I said, my life. I had forgotten who Emma was and what I enjoyed and what I, you know, didn't do. I mm. used to go to the gym twice a day mm. and loved it purely for an escape to get away from toddlers when they, they were <laughs> But then as, I just hide in the closet. <laughs> yeah, as I built the business became the first priority. Yeah. And then the kids and hubby. And then, yeah, last last year was just like, right, I'm filled with anxiety. I cry. Yeah. I literally wake up and go, oh, my God, I'm stuck in this rat race. Like this just mm. got around the hamster wheel. And I'm like, but all I have is excuses. Yeah. Because that's all you have is excuses. If you aren't, if you are aware of what is going on and you see it, but you're not making change, all you have is excuses in yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Especially once you've brought that thing into the awareness. Okay. So I know I don't feel good. I know I have anxiety. I'm not happy. So then you have that choice. Exactly Mm -hmm. what you just said. You can either make the changes or you can sit in that space and continue to keep going down the pathway that you're going. So, wow. Okay. Wow. What a vulnerable thing to share with us that I really, really appreciate you speaking about. Yeah, I guess the, even the reality of, of life, I can resonate with the school holidays um, 
and we have one in school age. My youngest is three, so she can still go to daycare at in school holidays. But my oldest is seven. And every day that I had to work, she got so upset. But it's holidays, mum. Why are you spending time with me? And and I felt so guilty, but I was like, I have to, mm-hmm. I have to work, darling. Like, you know, I guess when you, I mean, I'm creating online revenue, but when you, your primary revenue comes from service-based things, you don't see the client, you don't make any money. So, you know, like, and mm-hmm. it's, you know, you're trying to, trying to balance that and balance the growth of your business and the sustainability of your clients with giving your child what she wants and needs. And it was hard. It's hard. So we, yeah, we all survived. Look, we're here. <laughs> Let, let's just um, hope that um, hope that we can survive them all for however much longer our children have to be in school for. So. <laughs> Look, you've mentioned your business. Let's have a bit of a chat about Max Marketing. So formerly Socially M, I have so many questions, but I'll try and I'll try and like keep us to a good time. Look, I know I have heard a bit of your story in terms of your business journey. And I would love if you are happy to share a little bit about how you have gotten to where you are now, um, which I believe I read, I think, what, 30 employees, um, five years of of business, awards. You know, you, you have achieved so many phenomenal things, but I don't believe it was easy for you, was it? Like it's not been some smooth sailing, I'm just going to start this business and all of a sudden I'm thriving. Can you tell us about your journey? Yeah, I mean, my mine is just like every other person that has a business. It's up and down, it's ebbs and flows, right? But um, basically I started Socially Am. So I had two previous businesses, um, one in e-commerce and one in a similar industry, but um that in itself is a whole big story. (laughs) So I I had a similar business to what I had now, um, went into business with a friend, realized that she had different values to I. Um, I am the massive, I wear my heart on my sleeve and will do anything for anyone, um, emotionally driven and heartfelt. And unfortunately, my business partner, who was my best friend, um, is money driven. And so therefore, those two values in business don't go very well. So I walked away from a business that I had built on my own, then brought her in to help and, and um, sold and et cetera, and it didn't work out. So I walked away empty-handed. And mm-hmm. at that stage, I was completely broken. Um, it had destroyed me. Um, and, you know, walking away from something you've just invested, your, you know, yeah. three, four years into, which in business is like 40 years. Yeah, if you can survive three or four years, you think you're going to make it, right? Like, uh, yeah. What a um, tough decision to decide, like to make that decision to walk away. Was it, was it something, I guess, how, how did you find the strength to know that this was a situation that you actually had to walk away from? So the first thing, any business owner needs is either a coach or a therapist or both. Mm-hmm. Um, both. Yeah. <laughs> and I am both. <laughs> yes. So I, at that stage was going through a, a really life changing pivotal point in my life. I was 28. Um, and because I had, I met my husband at 17, uh, first child at 20, married at 21. Um, 
I, I always had something going on, if that makes sense. Yeah. And so by the time I got to 28, my kids were older, didn't they were all at school full time. And it was first time I sat and thought about Emma. And my husband was overseas. He'd been gone for four or five months by that stage. And I really just emotionally got so depressed and I couldn't figure out why I didn't understand. Like my life was great. Like I don't understand what was going on. Uh, Yes. I was in a business relationship with my best friend. It wasn't great. Like it was, it was toxic, very toxic. Um, But I went and saw a therapist and she was like, you have been raising babies, you have been go, 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 go. And now for the first time in your life, you're thinking about Emma and you're realizing that the trauma from those prior years, you haven't actually processed. So I had a very abusive childhood um, and it wasn't easy. And uh, a lot of my family members weren't fully aware of the extent of it. Mm -hmm. At 28, I um, came out and told them, the full story of everything that had happened and they sort of had pieced together and, and realized what had happened. And Mm. um, I had this massive like weight had just shifted off me. And what my therapist had said is I had replaced that person, that parent that was abusive with a friend that Mm. was sort of toxic in the same ways. And um, I hadn't realized it and I was falling for friendships yeah. that treated me the same way that person did. Yeah. Do you know, I was having a conversation with somebody about this sort of thing yesterday about that pattern in relationships mm-hmm. and it's just so much, you know, it's what your nervous system knows to be safe. Yes. So, and I know you know this, but for anybody listening, you know, even if you consciously know that what is going on is not good for you or you're not happy or that it is abusive but that is literally what your nervous system knows to be safe what's been repeated in your life and so you will continue to want to not not logically want to but subconsciously want to be in these situations that are mimicking what you have defined as being comfortable as being normal as being safe Wow, what a what a big thing and what a wait after all these years to stop and acknowledge that trauma because it, it catches up. You can't, oh, yeah. yeah. I think people think, oh, it's 10, 15, 20 years ago. I should be over it or it hasn't happened for that long. But it does. It lives. It lives in your body. It lives in your mind and it will show up when, when you're ready, I think, too. I truly believe it shows up in someone's consciousness or it shows up in their body, in the anxiety, in the depression, in the illness, in the pains. It shows up when you're ready Mm. to deal with it too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for me it was I just couldn't take it anymore between realising what the hell I had been through and all this toxic energy. It was like, you know what, money is, I'm just going to walk away from this whole situation because money will come and go. Um, but your mental state is the most important thing you could ever nurture. Mm. So I walked away within four weeks. Um, I sort of had all my clients being like, "Where are you, what are you doing? Where are you going? Cause we're coming with you. Mm. And I'm like, Oh, I'm not really like in the capacity to do this. <laughs> and then it was, well, if you don't sort your shit out, we're, we're, we're going to go elsewhere. And then I was like, well, I was hiding behind a brand that didn't allow me 
to be the full potential that I had. Yeah. And so then my best friend, who was my first ever client I'd met through, you know, she was my first client, became my best friend, said either you start again or you walk away. And so then Socially M was born. Wow. And within three months of starting as as me, as just me, me as the brand, a personal brand, um, within three months I had reached six figures, Mm -hmm. um, uh, 10,000 followers, and I had built something that I was like, okay, crap, I can't, I, I, I either need to close the doors and and have a wait list or yeah. I teach other women what I know mm. that can then help other women. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I did. And then from there, socially um, um, evolved. And because back then, you know, five years ago, women supporting women wasn't a thing. And social media advice was not a thing. You had to pay top dollar for agencies. There was people not giving out those tips. And so there was, here was me being like, hey, this is how you do this for free. And they're like, wait a minute, who is this golden person? (laughs) (laughs) And and that's, I I truly believe back then there was nothing like what it is now. And that was the starting point for me. And I think, and a lot of people would come in being like, why are you doing this? Why are you giving this all away for free? And I'm like, well, if you, you know, show them what you have to offer, they can see the results immediately and then they're going to come back wanting more. Yeah. And, um, and is it is it over 5,000 people have done your signature course? Correct me if my numbers are wrong. Is that how many people roughly have gone through your signature course? So I think that, yeah, it would be pretty close and the same amount for the tour as well. So um, I would say that the pivotal point, like the where Social M really sort of took off was when we first announced, I did a workshop in Perth Mm -hmm. and it sold out within a couple of days. And I was like, oh, wow, people actually want to learn about Instagram and and business. And then I did the workshop and people were like, oh, I just really would love, like, this is amazing, like, meeting other people that are going through the same thing as me, like, other stay-at-home moms that have got businesses, like, oh, I wish there was an event, right? And he goes, my brain going, well, let me create the first Instagram <laughs> event. Oh, I love that kind of brain. <laughs> let me fix that. I will deliver. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then so we launched a national tour, four cities in a week, which was absurd don't don't recommend (laughs) I was exhausted um oh my god oh that is just phenomenal oh more people want to learn let's do a national tour (laughs) I know oh my goodness I love this I just see I just hear this like fearlessness that is coming out oh my god I'm sorry I'm really I'm like sitting here (laughs) jumping in my seat I love this story Yeah, I mean, look, I uh, when I started Socially M, I was $85,000 in personal debt. You know, we had kids young, didn't have the role models, got ourselves into debt. And so then launching a national tour meant you could risk your whole family here. Mm. Um, you know, you had to pay for everything up front. Um, but luckily, I'm really good at marketing. <laughs> um, and... It did so well and, yeah, uh, that was a big pivotal point and it did so well. But then on the back of it, so the last ever show was Melbourne. Three days later, 
Um, I remember flying home and they'd just given us a free upgrade to business class. So we felt on top of the world after just touring Australia. They gave us a free upgrade and I got an email from Fashion Week, Australian Fashion Week, being like, we want you to host your own panel at our Fashion Week and with women in business. And I was like, oh, my God, this is incredible. Like, it's insane. (laughs) Three days later, COVID hits. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Uh, And then we're all in a lockdown. And um, four weeks later, no, two weeks later, my business had dropped 76% mm. in, in revenue. So everything I had worked hard for was yeah. gone. It was, yeah, right. it was gone. But instead of sitting in a corner, rocking back and forth and crying, mm. I, instead of cleaning out the kitchen cupboards like everyone else in Australia was, I, <laughs> I went back to my roots. I was doing free workshops online, teaching everyone how to make money online. Yeah. For 12 hours a day with three kids at home by the like in COVID while my husband was overseas. So that again, I pivoted and adapted. And that's one thing that I've really learned in business is pivot and adapt. There has been so many shit shows. Yeah. And I've just had to go, right, how do we fix this? What do we do? Wow. And yeah, something like COVID, obviously so out of everybody's control um, and such a a fear-based experience for so many Mm. people. And so I love that, that pivot and adapt. And clearly you are very skilled at being able, at being able to do that. So you were socially M at this point in time. What was your pivotal moment where you realized that what you had created had become bigger than you and become bigger than, you know, yeah, bigger than a one woman show as a, you know, as, as a brand? And as a business service, how did you know that Max was your next step? Well, I remember Tamika, my business operations manager. So she came in when I just, she's literally saved the day. I I couldn't do it anymore. It was, it was so overwhelming managing staff, managing the day-to-day operations while also like like you said, you have to show up on socials, you know, Mm -hmm. you've got to have a presence in your business. I couldn't do it all. And and Tamika came in and I remember her saying, I think we need to rebrand. And at this point I was like, no, (laughs) I've literally, (laughs) I've literally, my words were over my dead body (laughs) because I had spent three years building this incredible personal brand. Um, why on earth would I change it, right? Yeah. And then as time went on, I guess she planted that seed and um, I realised, like, if I didn't show up on socials every day, sales were impacted. Mm. And I'm one person, you know, behind the scenes, I was trying to manage the business, organise events, like all the different part elements of the business, being a director, yeah, being a director, a social media manager, preparing yeah. everything in between, yeah. and, um, and your um, husband's and your husband's FIFO, so he's not always well, around. Good. Yeah, yeah. And wow. What I realized was like I couldn't I couldn't be it all anymore, and that's where a lot of small businesses go wrong. Is like they get to that breaking point. And they're not aware of what that next step is. And so we took a huge financial investment to, you know, grow and scale, as they say. Um, we had to rebrand. We had to change. And the thing is, socially, I'm, 
was started on the bones of one person. But by that stage, we had an incredible team. Mm. And the thing is, like, people were slipping into my DMs and I still managed solely the DMs, but it was the people that were doing the work with the women that I had trained and and, uh, more than capable than me. Like, I will always say my staff are better trained than I am. Yeah because they're knee deep in it, you know, they're, they're so incredible. And so I was like, I'm, they're hiding behind this personal brand. They deserve this platform to share their story, to share who they are. And, you know, people still thought that when they purchased a hashtag package from me, it was going to me. And and yes, it definitely supports my family, but it also supports 30 other families. And I love, because I obviously I follow you on social media and I love how so many of your posts now are a, such a big mix of your staff, yes. of your team who are out there supporting these women that are coming to Max Marketing. And I and yeah, when you were just saying, you know, how they were sort of having to hide behind that personal brand, I love that as a part of your rebrand, they have become such a big part of it. It just yes. it seems like such a, a beautiful um, losing the word, you know what I'm trying to say, like, <laughs> um, uh, community and, and culture is the word that I was yeah. looking for. Such a beautiful culture that you've created. And yeah, that's such a massive, massive achievement. I want to ask you some questions. I, I want to have a bit of a chat about, um, about your personal uh, endometriosis journey because I know that's something that is important to you in terms of awareness and obviously played a pivotal part in how you got to where you are as well but just before I finish up chatting about the business if someone's listening and they are that person who's crying in the corner right now because everything's gone to shit and you're like oh my god I just don't know what to do it feels like too much what would you say to that woman that you can either continue down this path of rocking back and forth <laughs> or you can reach out for help because there is help. Um, you know, my sole purpose I feel in business is to literally see other people succeed um, because that's truly what makes me happy. Yeah. Um, but there is options. And the one thing I would say to any business owner is and the biggest mistake that they make is not investing in their education. Mm, um, yeah. You know, you will only ever stay at this point unless you invest in educating yourself to growing. If you are sitting there going, oh, well, I've had no sales this week or I've got no sales or this isn't working, then you've either got time or money. This is one thing Tamika taught me and I, the biggest analogy that I love to use, time or money, right? This is, You can only have one. Mm. Time to learn and educate yourself or do you have the money to outsource it yeah you can't have both yes as a business owner you can't be doing both and that's what people try to do is they're trying to manage it all be a social media manager plus a director plus a packing order and making products or servicing their clients time or money right Mm -hmm. so you either invest in somebody doing it for you that then will come back in more sales because it's yeah. being done correctly. Yeah. Um, or you learn how to do it. Mm. Uh, I love that. Oh, I love that. Do you know, I um all I shared with you just before we got on this call, I am very much in that mindset. 
I last year, a few people I know thought I was absolutely crazy because before my business was making money, I invested myself in a high level mastermind so I could be around people doing the same thing, you know, up in that 1% crazy people doing the same thing, but also learn, but also Mm. learn off people who were where I wanted to be and educate myself in business. And part of that journey was me learning exactly what you just said. You cannot, I love that time or money analogy. I'd never heard it like that. But I just learned there's so many things I did not want to be putting my time into because it was actually taking away from me making money. And before I felt like I was ready, I mean, my team right now is only a VA, myself and a VA, you know, it's it's still small in that regard. But before I felt like I was ready, I hired and I outsourced my Facebook ads because I did not feel that for me, the value in in spending the time to mm-hmm. learn that and and to try and understand it, oh my God, and 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 then I've outsourced. Uh, Max Marketing does my Pinterest ad management because again, I love the idea of being on Pinterest. I know that it's going to be a great platform for me and what I share. But was there any value in me trying to learn how to do it effectively when somebody else has their job? Like that's, mm-hmm. you know, you have beautifully trained staff who are going to who are phenomenal at what they do who are able to just pick up my Pinterest marketing and run with it. And I love that. Absolutely love that. Were you ready to hire 30 people? Like, was that? Was that were you ready for that? Was that like- God, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, definitely not. I. It's just like any, you know, I'm at a point in my business now that it's foreign it's foreign to me I've never been at this point of business where I'm making decisions and having to think of things that is so new to me um and that's why you know like I have a business coach that has walked the walk it's so important to have someone it's like going to the doctor right so if your child's sick yes you can go on google and you could figure it out right you're going to sort of learn but you go to the doctor and you're going to get that helpful straight away solved your problem right yeah it, it yes the, the you could save money by not going to the doctor <laughs> but you're getting somebody who is experienced telling you what to do and so for me having a business coach has helped that because they're ahead of me and it's like you were just saying don't surround yourself with people that are at the same level as you. Surround yourself that with people that are better than you and have walked the walk because yeah. that's how you grow. That's not how you stay stagnant. Um, but, no, I, I certainly was not ready for 30 staff. Still not ready. Still winging it every day over here um, because the thing is, Jess, I'm in such a different, like, my business is so different to anything else that's out there. Most agencies don't offer as many services as we offer. Most agencies don't give as much value. Most agencies don't have a huge community. Most agencies don't do national events and things like this. Like there, I, there is no one that I can go, hey, we do the same thing. Can I have your advice? Let's have a chat, Yeah. <laughs> Um, love that for me that it means I've built something that's so different to what's out there but also it's bloody hard (laughs) yeah absolutely oh wow okay um 
At the end, just for anyone listening, Emma is going to share some of her favorite services from Max Marketing um, at the end of this conversation as well. So stay tuned to hear how she can actually help you if you are stuck in your business, um, because I highly recommend not staying stuck. <laughs> ask, ask for help. <laughs> ask for help. Like, like Emma said, every, every business owner needs a coach. Every business owner needs a therapist. So don't stay stuck. Don't stay feeling like crap. Just get, get moving and, and get it done. So let's have a bit of a chat uh, about endometriosis. Now, this I know is starting to gain traction in awareness, but I also know that for so many women who've suffered it, and I'm very thankful that I haven't, um, I've had investigations, there was questions as to whether it was, and it wasn't for me. But for so many women who've suffered it, you've suffered it much longer than it has, you know, been a talking point on social media for. Um, You've suffered in silence for years and years and years and years, and it has had detrimental effects on your health and your life, I imagine. And just before you start sharing a little bit about your journey, which I believe started around age 10, if I'm Mm -hmm. correct, I just wanted to share with listeners, um, there's a reel that Emma posted and it actually really moved me. So I'm just going to actually read it, your caption, if that's okay. So this reel on Socially M, it says, it's talking about endometriosis and it's saying it's not the period disease. It's not the painful period. And one in nine women suffer in silence. And that just was like, for me, I just went, wow, that is absolutely phenomenal. And in your caption, you say, this is endometriosis. One in nine women suffer in silence every single day. It'll have them cancelling plans and looking like a bad friend. It'll mean they can't have sex with their partners for weeks on end. They'll look six months pregnant due to the extreme inflammation and bloating, which causes the most uncomfortable pain. Their legs and back will ache beyond imaginable. They'll bleed heavily and for long periods or not at all. It'll cause depression and divorces. It'll make them feel so isolated and alone. Doctors ignore their pleas due to their lack of training on the disease. So I know there's a bit more talking about how every organ is impacted and whatnot, but I hear that and you've said they will, they will. This just feels so personal as you say that. Is this your experience? with endometriosis yeah it's um oh even just hearing you read that about me was incredible <laughs> it was it really moved me it was it um, was really beautifully written I wrote that just um a few months ago just before my surgery because I had surgery in February mm-hmm. um so it, it's 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 something that has near on broke me my whole life um but also something that I feel I have been given to because I have a voice. Mm -hmm. I'm someone that won't just lay there quietly. I'm someone that will use my voice to help others. And, um, yeah, it honestly has been the hardest thing I've ever gone through. Um, I'm so experienced in it now because I've (laughs) done, you know, I've had, 12 surgeries now um, since uh, I think uh, 2015 Mm -hmm. we've started no might have been a little yeah 2014 2015 so 12 surgeries now multiple doctors um, stage four so 
basically when I, I, I had always had pain with intercourse um, and my periods were always extremely painful. So from age of 10, I got my period at 10, which is an early indication. So if any mothers are out there listening, early periods is a good indication of endometriosis. Okay. Um, so obviously at 10, there's not a great deal you can do. It's just please be mindful when they say it's painful, freaking painful. Um, so I was missing two or three days a month out of school because my period was so painful at 10. Um, I was put on the pill, which is not great at all. Um, and, but back then doctors just didn't know enough about it. So I was put on the pill and fixed that problem until I went to have children and then came off the pill. And then the periods were just intense and intercourse was painful. And I I just assumed intercourse was supposed to hurt Mm. until I met my husband and he was like, why are you crying after intercourse? This is not normal. But I don't want to make you hurt. Like it shouldn't hurt. Oh, it's got goosebumps. (laughs) And he was like, no, like there's something wrong. And, then obviously I had my first child um, post uh, during pregnancy. It's great because obviously your ovaries are producing endometriosis. So if your ovaries aren't, you know, if you're pregnant, you're not producing. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until after my second child that it was so bad. Um, I would spend most of my nights, most of my days on the floor in a ball crying with a toddler and a baby. Um, it was just brutal. Anyway, it wasn't until I moved to Mandra now because I lived in Kalgoorlie and in Kalgoorlie, they were just like, it's a painful period, go home, like get over it basically. Wow. It wasn't until I saw a doctor here um, that they were like, look, we've tried everything we've done. We've tried the marina, we've tried the pill. We need to go in and have a look. Now, if any doctor says this to you, say no, because surgery, once you open that door, that's all your options because when they burn off the endometriosis, it grows back thicker and quicker and then you're going to need more surgery. Wow. All it takes to discover if you do have endometriosis is also like when you get sent to do an ultrasound, you need to go to a women's clinic that specialises in diseases because they know what to look for because endometriosis doesn't come up in an ultrasound. Mm. So they need to be trained to know what to look for. And so, again, I didn't know this. Um, Fast forward, lots of surgeries, lots of getting nothing, like it was just a reoccurring thing. Um, By the time I was 28, a friend had suggested to go and see um, this specialist that specialised in endometriosis. And it wasn't until I saw him and he said, most gynos will just throw you on the surgery table because they don't know how to fix it or put you on the pill or marina. That's their answers. There are so many other drugs or trials or things that you can do before you get to surgery, um, Things, ways to help it, um, just even women's physio. Like there's just so many options. And it wasn't until I saw him and he was like, it's because they haven't done the advanced training that's required. Like they're a gyno, they're a baby doctor or, you know, they don't specialize in diseases. Yeah. It wasn't until I saw him that he really educated me on everything. But unfortunately, I was stage four. Um, I trialed a drug, so I had injections um, in my stomach each month, one one injection, which mimics a hysterectomy. So it basically tells your brain to switch everything off down there. Wow. Life-changing. That six months 
was life-changing. I felt like a new person. There was no pain every day. I could have intercourse. I it, Obviously, you don't get your period while you're on it. Yeah. It was incredible. And he said, if that works, we go ahead with a hysterectomy. So at 28, I had a hysterectomy. Wow. I was during the pre-process of that, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer. So it was it was necessary for me anyway. Yeah. Um, then I, I went on to live an incredible life. But then for, for the first two to three years, he did say to me, you'll be back in five years. And I went, why? And he's like, because we've kept your ovaries. When you keep your ovaries, you still produce endometriosis, but at a slower okay. rate. Right. So then fast forward three years, I had started to get symptoms again and slowly, but then towards the end of last year, it was just, it was, it was controlling my everyday. Um, I couldn't go for a walk because I would come home bedridden for two days. Um, the pain was astronomical. Um, anyway, I went and had surgery in February, um, mm-hmm. to do a clear out because he said, there's not, there's nothing else we can do. We need to go in and we need to get it out because they also couldn't find my ovary. Um, it was gone. It was missing. What they found in there was that my left ovary was completely wrapped around my bowel. And so prior to surgery, I couldn't open my bowel for two weeks. Wow. I was going to the toilet once every two weeks. And you can imagine that pain from that alone. Oh, absolutely. And so they, he said the endometriosis was minimal. However, I had was riddled with adhesions from all of the years of surgeries. Oh, my goodness. Um, and that is what was stuck to everything. So he showed me photos of it and my bowel, my bladder and my ovary were all completely stuck together and all tangled up. Um, And so he had to, it took him two hours. He thought the surgery was going to be 10, 15 minutes. He was in there for two hours, just untangling it all and cutting it all off. Um, And this is just the things that people don't, they don't have these conversations is, is painful period. If your friend says to you, God, my periods are so painful. um, Do something about it. And support them. Yeah. Because it shouldn't be painful. That was going to be one of my questions for you, actually. I would love to know in terms of, well, I guess, first of all, in terms of the support that you received, um, you know, did what kind of support did you need through this process? But then also I'm wondering if, you know, what message would you have for anyone who knows, like you said, a friend, a sister, mother, partner, who is experiencing, you know, it's endometriosis or you have signs that it could possibly be, how can you support them as well? It's the most isolating disease because unless you've experienced it, you don't know the pain that that person's going through. Mm. And when you say, oh, my period is so painful, people just brush you off. And so then when you do voice your concerns, you are made to feel so small Mm. Um, and then you start to feel like it's in your head and every endometriosis warrior that I talk to will say to you I feel like it's in my head because it doesn't just affect your periods it affects every part of it the headaches the painful legs the painful back the bloating there is a huge list of endometriosis of things that and every person is so different with this disease Mm educate yourself and support them because 
when I told people that I had endometriosis back in the day, oh, what's that? Oh, that's weird. Um, and then if I'd had to cancel an event or not go to something, oh, how rude, you know? Educate yourself and support them. Drop off heat packs or drop off food or, like, ask them if they're okay. Like, God, I wish that there was, a, you know, sick leave. Like, imagine, and this is the worst part. The worst part was calling my boss to be like, I couldn't come in because I had a painful period and him being like, get over it. Yeah. You know, yeah. the lack of knowledge is just poor. It's certainly come so far in 10 years. It has certainly come so far. And I feel like that's from people like myself who are voicing it and actually showing you. It's not like I had a nurse reply to me just before I had surgery in February. And she was like, if it wasn't for you physically showing me every day, well, not every day, but when I do have things going on, yeah. the extent of it, yeah. I wouldn't know. She's like, when people come in for endometriosis into ED, they're, they're told to take some pain relief and go home, oh. which is the very worst thing anyone with endometriosis wants. Like they, we need comfort. We need to be like, I know you're in pain. I, yeah. My actual doctor in February when it was really bad, like so painful, I was the worst pain I've ever been in. He said, please go to King Eddie's, which is a women's and babies hospital in Perth. Yeah. And I was like, but I'm not having a baby. And he's like, go to King Eddie's. Do not go to your local hospital. And I went there. And obviously I actually looked pregnant. Like you, you could get, I was holding my belly as if I was pregnant. And she goes, you're not pregnant. You've got endometriosis, don't you? This is the yeah. triage nurse. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, you poor love, please come oh. straight through. She, I, she put me on the bed. She gave me a heat pack, instant pain relief. We're going to do some more investigation. Yeah. That's the first time in my whole life a hospital has not dismissed me wow. and made me feel seen. And that's the thing is like you can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. You as a friend or a partner or a loved one can't do anything about it, but make them feel seen. Yeah. Oh, Emma, that's that's what was coming to me as you were speaking, particularly when you were talking about being brushed off is my head was like, oh my God, if you can't fix it, at least validate what they're feeling. Like just, yeah. oh, wow. So if you know somebody who suffers from endometriosis, you nurture them, you ask them if they're okay, you bring them heat packs, you cook for them, and you make sure that you validate how they're feeling and mm-hmm. tell them that it's not in their head. And, and that, help them get yeah. other opinions. Like don't be afraid. Um, don't be afraid to ask for another opinion. Because there's so many options out there that women just aren't aware of. And don't see a regular gyno. Please see a specialist that specializes it in it. Yeah. Oh, such a powerful message and such a beautiful, strong voice that you have to talk about. Such a personal experience. But, you know, as an endometriosis warrior, something that is obviously so important for other people who feel like they are suffering alone to understand. I, um, well, thank you so much for sharing such vulnerable stories. I, I really, really just I have no words. I have absolutely no words. And it just blows my mind that people in pain and people experiencing something that is so debilitating can just be brushed off. It just oh. And we have to go about That's our right. regular lives. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like you really, when you said, you know, you had to call into work to your male boss to say, I can't come in because I have a painful period. And I can just see. I can see how that would just be so dismissed because I know, I, and I cannot compare anything just as a woman who 
does get painful periods and wants to do nothing but curl up in bed for a few days, um, you know, with a heat pack on my lower back and my and my front and mm-hmm. um and hide away from the world and cry, basically. I, I couldn't imagine being in in an extensive amount of debilitating pain and, and having to try and function. To be mm. honest, it just doesn't seem and even just from a cycle perspective, we're not designed to function when we're in our menstrual cycle anyway, we're designed already to turn inward and to retreat mm. and and to nurture ourselves. And so adding that that massive element onto it is is phenomenal. Can I just ask, because you mentioned when you were 28, this all sort of really came to fruition. Did you say that you were 28 too around the time that business was imploding for yeah. you as well? Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that in 28 was a big... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> big year, absolutely. Oh yeah. goodness me! But, you know, it's also part of the reason I am here today. So, yeah. um, I, I'm a big believer in everything happens for a reason. Um, it might be shit right now, but you got to take the rain with the sun. Yeah, absolutely. So, just as we wrap up this conversation, I would love to just know in terms of well-being I know you mentioned at the beginning of of this episode that you have started to really realize that there were changes that you needed to make for your own physical mental and emotional well-being and so I'm just wondering as a mom three kids business really busy business you know 30 employees to look after how do you support your well-being now what do you consider to be essential for you Making time every day for myself, and I know if people are listening to this, if they're not doing that, you will you will have an excuse just hearing those words. Mm-hmm. You go, well, yeah. I can't, I don't have time. I don't have time. You know, like I I have literally been recording my working time over the last week to see this is a great tool for other business owners. I've been literally putting it on a program called Toggle. Um, which you then enter what job you're doing and how long you're doing. So you turn it off and on to be able to track it. I'm working 12 hour days at the moment. Yeah. Um, 12 hour days, three kids on my own, right? I don't have freaking time, but I make the time, right? So my kids um, now get catch the bus to school because they want to. Um, and also where we moved, it's a, it's a bit further away from school, but they want to. So now what I do is instead of, um, going back to bed <laughs> or getting straight into work or doing housework or things like that, I, I will go for a walk or I will go to a PT session. I will make that time for me because I like to walk in pure silence to mm-hmm. be with my thoughts. Walk, like being with yourself in thoughts is incredible. Yeah. Um, you don't need music. You don't need podcasts. Just just listen to you because yeah. that's you listening to your mental what your mental and your body wants, but um, find time for you. So I make sure that I, no matter what I'm doing, I will find time. Also nurturing yourself with food. <laughs> um, I, yeah, making sure that you eat the right foods, find time for you and prioritize you. One thing I also make sure as I do is once a month, making sure that I catch up with friends mm-hmm. and then once a fortnight, if well, hubby has been home. So once a fortnight, we were doing date nights. Changes now. So when he's home on his break, we'll do it. Yeah. Um, your marriage, if you are married, 
is so like is so important to me. Um, he is my best friend, and I absolutely adore him. And I would say, like you know, we've been together for fifteen years, and the the thing that has lasted, the thing that makes us so strong is communication, and that we put ourselves before anything else in terms of we prioritize our personal relationship, Emma and Jed, before our children, before work, before anything. Emma and Jed is what makes the wheels turn, you know. So if we are not having an hour or fortnight to ourselves to be able to let those barriers down and be like, yeah. unwind I yeah. love you <laughs> <laughs> yeah you will keep your relationship alive yes how else does it stay alive if you don't keep it alive exactly yeah, yeah. oh yeah. wow thank you such valuable advice there so for anybody listening who obviously I'll link all of your socials your website all the things um, down below the episode but for anyone listening who's thinking, oh, yeah, I need some help with my business or I'm just curious what outsourcing might start to look like, tell me what are your favorite, what's your favorite product or maybe not a favorite, but um, what do we need to know about that Max Marketing has going on at the moment? I have a few different things, I guess. Like um, I would say six-figure, our six-figure course is probably one of my favorite things, which is a, a program that I built knee-deep in, in COVID, mm-hmm. uh, at the very beginning of COVID. So when businesses were really struggling, I was like, heck, let me put everything I know into a program yeah. and coach you and guide you. So it's an eight-week program that um, is literally got everything from the startup to being paid advertising, everything in it. It's literally a Bible for businesses. And we have built so many successful six-figure businesses from that program. So it's one that I really, really love. We only open it twice a year because it is really guided by us and we're there every week guiding you. Um, So that opens in May. We've also got our um, lower cost membership. So our Max Members Lounge, which is- I saw that recently. Yeah. yeah, I am loving it at the moment. Love, love, love it. Um, it's It's been incredible. You know, I really listened to what our customers were needing at the moment and they need the education. They need the community. They need the to be able to brainstorm in Zoom sessions with other people that are in their space. Yeah. They also need experts. But paying for all of those individually is so expensive. So what we've done is combine it all and put it into a membership and made it so low cost, like $29 a month is unheard of. Wow. Um, so, yeah, we've built this beautiful membership, which has only been live for about five weeks now, um, but the members in there are loving it and they love the feedback. Um, and then we also have like one-on-one coaching with me um, and we also have all of our done-for-you services. So if yeah. you need something done, we have a team that can do it. So I, I build my business on either you can learn or you can outsource time or money, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, amazing. Emma, thank you so much for this conversation. I just, my body is like, oh my God, <laughs> I you moved me in so many ways and inspired me. And so I'm sure you have inspired everybody who is listening. Uh, go on and check out Socially M if you're not already following Max Marketing, if you're not already following Emma, I'm sure you have 12 hours worth of work to continue to do today. (laughs) So thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Jess. And sorry if I rambled on about things. I get so passionate. (laughs) No, I love hearing the passion. And, I, yeah, like I said, you really moved me today. So I think 
yes, so much value in what you've shared. Thanks, Jess. Wow, what a journey it's been today. We are so grateful for each and every one of you who tuned in to Alive and Thriving. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help us keep growing, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on your favourite platform. It's a simple but powerful way to support a small business like ours to continue to make an impact.